Hi, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk. My name is Alex Anders and I am a best-selling bisexual romance author and one of the creators of Fluid Style Co., a clothing company created for bisexuals. Bisexual Real Talk is a show where each week I talk about the latest developments, studies, and strides made by the bisexual community. Sometimes I'll talk about what's going right, other times I'll talk about what's going wrong. But always you'll feel empowered and like you found the place where you belong. And if this podcast ever sounds like a YouTube channel, that's because it is. You can always check out Bisexual Real Talk on YouTube and join the conversation in the comments section there. Until then, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk, and let's talk about bisexuality. Hi. So today I'm supposed to talk about um, Hulu's The Bisexual that just came out on Friday. Uh, I went to see a screening of the first two episodes on Wednesday. I have feelings about it, um, and maybe I'll do a video about it in the future. Right now, I thought it would be more important... I talk about something else. First of all, it's awesome that you guys checked out the uh, Bisexual Representation Awards uh, last week. And how great was it that Tom Ellis and um, Harry Shuman Jr. thought it was important enough to thank you guys that they made personal videos and sent it. I mean, that's just, that's great. That's what I wanted the Bisexual Representation Awards to be about Hollywood recognizing the people out there who care about um, representations of bisexuals. And that's a perfect sign of it happening. Awesome. Wonderful. Um, also in the video, I launched the, kick, the Kickstarter campaign for the clothing. I'm going to talk more about that uh, in a second. And I also mentioned that um, the Kickstarter campaign will determine whether or not there is a Bisexual Representation Awards next year. And also, you know, how I will interact with the channel moving forward. Yeah, I what they usually say. Um, first of all, I'm going to thank everyone who did back the campaign. Honestly, honestly, thank you. Thank you. Sincerely. I mean, it means a tremendous amount to me that you guys uh, want to support the campaign, want to support me. It. Thank you so, so much. Um, sincerely. And the great thing about a Kickstarter campaign is if it doesn't succeed, the campaign doesn't succeed, you get your money back. And so it's a completely safe sort of scenario going on there. Um, and I mention that simply because I am 100% certain that this campaign will fail. I wouldn't be saying that and suggesting that. It's the most stupid thing to suggest if it had a chance of succeeding. But I am now 100% confident it's going to fail. And I've been kind of dealing with this. I realized this like two days in. By Monday evening, I knew that this was going to fail. And it's just a question of why it failed, why it was going to fail. Did I do something wrong? Um, did something go something wrong? And I've gone through some dark times, dark, dark, dark times, uh, you know, kind of dealing with this whole thing. But... You know, it's two years worth of work and this campaign is going to fail. And I'm going to talk to you guys about why it is, um, because it talks about, you know, bisexual community. It's like the reasons are diverse. Um, one of the first things I thought was, well, the reason why it's going to fail is because there's not really a bisexual community yet. Like the fact that I have like 9,000 subscribers is like one of the largest communities of bisexuals gathering on the planet. Like there's, there's places like, um, there's like Facebook groups and stuff like that, but I don't think maybe they're approaching 9,000, maybe not. I mean, there's bisexual social groups in person, um, groups like in Los Angeles, I think they're up to like 3,500 and stuff like that. But in terms of it's something being just for bisexuals, 
I'm I'm generally not sure whether there's anything more than this size. I don't know. So, you know, <laughs> the, if this is the largest size and then the channel, you know, pushes the um, campaign and it fails, then is there really a community? Like that was the thought I was thinking. And also, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the support, any support from like the other or the biggest bisexual blog there is, uh, which is bisexual.org. And I mean, they technically might be larger. I mean, they're, they don't have really, I don't think they have subscribers. They have viewers. I think they have a lot of viewers. Um, but I didn't get support from them. Um, I didn't get support from other bisexual focused like Facebook groups. I didn't get support from like all the places you think that you would, like all the organizations that are there to help support bisexuals. Or uh, I got support from none of them. Um, so also the point of there being a community, is there a community if you know each individual group is just trying to help that in each their group? Like they're not reaching out. They're not like, Supporting other groups, it's just all about their group or maybe this group and the group of one of their friends sort of thing. So is there a community yet? I thought, okay, no, that's probably, um, I was thinking, okay, that's, that's why it failed because it's not quite a community yet. But I did find out some information which was really telling because I was like, okay, so let's turn this into a math equation then. So uh, certainly I had backers and certainly I had people who watched the YouTube channel and then went and, you know, watched and supported the campaign. Um, and really, in terms of the YouTube video, basically the first couple of days, for every viewer I got on the, um, on the, bisexual, the launch video, every guy got like a dollar. Not like everyone donated a dollar, but you know, for every viewer I had, I got a dollar. So I was thinking, okay, so what I need to do is I need to just get more eyeballs on it. Which is a very smart thing, actually, as I think back on it. That was, yeah, that was a great insight. So um, I had only gotten that point like 400 viewers onto uh, the actual Kickstarter page. And I had gotten like $1,200 of backing. So I did the math and I thought, okay, well, that means that I need to get like 25,000 people to visit that page. How can I get 25,000 people to visit the page? Well, I was running ads on uh, YouTube, which some of you guys may have seen. And um, that resulted in zero click-throughs to the website. So, and I was paying 74 cents a click for it. So that wasn't gonna work. And so I thought, okay, well, I've run Facebook ads in the past. Let me try Facebook ads. So I ran some ads on Facebook and lo and behold, I got the best click-through rate I've ever gotten ever for any campaign ever, which means like, what that means is that, you know, it, it, the cost of the person that we are charged, like companies are charged when you click through, depends on how many people are interested in that topic. So if a lot of people are interested, then the kick-through rate is very, like the price is very low. If very few people are interested in, then it's, it's very high. So it's a great way of judging interest. And when I put the ad on Facebook, uh, specifically targeted towards women, I, I got the lowest rate ever. So I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. This, this is how I can do it. This is how I can get 25,000 people. At this click rate, I can afford to, you know, that much advertisement. And then like a day went by and I got one backer from it. Thank you for that backer. Uh, but for how much I spent and how much I got, the math was not good. So that means that there was interest, but there was not interest in like supporting the campaign. And I was thinking, and I specifically targeted people who were interested in Kickstarter campaigns. So I know these people know what a Kickstarter campaign is. They just chose not to back it at this moment. Actually, they didn't even become followers. Like it was, it was a very, even though people were interested in the product itself, they weren't interested in 
getting a pre-order or anything along those lines. And I was like, what's going on here? Because that, that just seems crazy. How can you have some, so many people who are so interested in the product, but yet no backing? And I thought, okay, let me just check something here. Could it be because I targeted women? So I went and I, I typed into the, uh, into the Google, um, you know, Kickstarter, male, female backers. And it turns out, it turns out that even on female uh, targeted products, backers, if a successful campaign has on average about 70% male backers. So my campaign that had rewards which are focused towards women, there's only one kind of one that's kind of, can be a male product, the unisex uh, flannel pajama pants. My, my campaign which is targeted towards women um, was basically not supporting the men and men are the ones who back Kickstarter campaigns. So the clothing company which is designed, because 66% of the people identify as bisexual are women, it was mostly focused towards creating products for women and that would be the biggest customers if you know the company were to happen the biggest customers absolutely will be women but the the kicker is that if the only way to get the the company funded would be to target men and because of that because um i i know now that in order to get backing i'm gonna need 70 percent uh 70 percent backing from men and 30% well and then you know and then I'll probably end up with a 30% with women and I have no rewards really kind of focused on men there is 100% well there's almost 100% no way the only other option I would have is you know to get 25,000 uh, views on there would to be to find an outlet that has that many viewers to it uh, maybe buy.org would be something like that um, and then the other people would be other YouTubers. And I did reach out to other YouTubers to see whether or not they wanted to partner with this project. Um, and they didn't even say no, they just didn't even reply. That was disappointing. Um, but you know, that's what happened. That's, that's the case. I fault them. No, you know, it's, you know, it's their, their choice. They could, they could do whatever they want. And I support their, I support their decision. But because of the fact that the demographics are so far off on the clothing company, uh, on the Kickstarter campaign, I realize now there's no way possible for this to win. So um, after having a long conversation with my mother, uh, we chatted about this and I thought, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll figure out if, if I were to change this and make the rewards more focused towards men um, and, and just have the first product that would be released be a, like the one they have rewards for, be male product as opposed to the female products, would that do it? So I then went to Facebook and I ran some more ads targeting towards men to see whether the click-through rate would be the same. Like basically, would I be able to pay for 25,000 clicks? Would I be able to pay for that? And I ran that for the past 24 hours and it's not looking great. Initially, it was looking fantastic. Now it's not looking great. Um, so... I'm actually not sure what to do here. And if you guys have any suggestions in terms of like anything, you know, let me know. I'd, I'd be glad to listen to it. And here's, the, but here's, the, here's the problem. This is my true dilemma. So what you guys don't know is a couple of weeks ago, um, I came, I was, you know, in Japan, I came back, I was having problems with Amazon. I, 70% of my income comes from Amazon, selling books on Amazon. And I was having problems with Amazon. I was trying to resolve the things and, and things just kept popping up. And, um, 
and I and ultimately, three weeks ago, I have over three hundred books, uh, of uh, over a hundred and something books in English, and then two hundred and something books in foreign languages and five other languages, and seventy percent of my income came from Amazon. Um, three weeks ago, Amazon or two weeks ago, Amazon deleted all of my books from Amazon. They, they deleted it. They, they deleted all of my books from Amazon, which meant that 70% of my income just went away, just disappeared overnight. And I've been dealing with that. So I've been dealing with, you know, the same time my, my investor dropped out, um, you know, four weeks ago. And then I was doing everything for the Bisexual Representation Awards uh, and then I was preparing the Kickstarter campaign, uh, and then the, they deleted all of my books from Amazon, um, and then you know I had to then figure out okay what am I going to do with the books like how am I going to my income seventy percent like I need to get back onto Amazon and they banned me from Amazon they banned me from publishing on Amazon like my company they banned my publishing company from publishing on Amazon. Long story unjustified. Amazon is really horrible in a lot of ways. Uh, and a lot of authors will tell you that, but long story. Anyway, so I was dealing with all of that. And as I'm going through all of this and being like stressed out of my mind, I start, you know, I had to stop and think at one point. So why, why did this thing happen with Amazon? Not like the actual technical reason, but you know, how could I take responsibility for it in some way? And what could I have done differently to make this not happen? And what I came to the conclusion of is that I am a person who always innovates. I always come up with ideas. I'll never stop doing that. I have to keep. I, I will always do that. And the only way I've been able to survive as an author this long is by continuously innovating. So I can't stop innovating. But the problem is that I had 300 titles, and I keep innovating, you know, innovating, innovating. And then you know, I try one thing. I've been doing this for nine years as an author. So you know, five years ago I tried one thing. Those books still exist. Four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, I'm always trying different things. But the thing with Amazon, as opposed to like Google and, and Barnes and & Noble and stuff, is that Amazon is constantly changing the rules on you. Like, they, they are also innovating. Um, and because they innovate, authors have to innovate. So we have to keep on doing this thing where, okay, you made these changes. Okay, so in order to survive, I have to make these changes. So we're constantly doing things like that. But the problem is that if, you're con if they keep, to keep changing the rules on people, change the rules, change the rules, change the rules, and you are very prolific, that means that you know you have books from nine years ago, you have books that you've innovated nine years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, five years. And essentially what happened was uh, there was a book I wrote three years ago, which was fine when the time I wrote it, absolutely no problem at all with the time I wrote it. And then you know the year after that and the year after that, but they changed the rules recently. And I had forgotten the book existed. Why? Because I have 300 of them. So I had this book, this actually set of three books, but they only found one of them. And then they said, you know, there's something wrong with this. And then them being them, they don't tell you what's wrong with it. You have to guess. And I had, I politely asked them and they said, uh, I guess they just assumed I should know because I should just know their rules, even though they keep changing the rules. They're a horrible company to work with a lot, but it's like, it's a necessary evil, especially when you're writing bisexual romance. Anyway, long story short, I figured out that the way I could have could have, uh, could have prevented this and not lose 70% of my income is if, I didn't have so many things going on. Yeah. And what is the thing that is like, what consumes so much of my life? Like, you know, the Bisexual Representation Awards is a one-off thing. 
the Kickstarter campaign is a one-off thing. Um, the clothing company, however, the clothing company has been consuming my life for the past two years. It's cut down my production of books by half, and it, it only allows me so much time to actually work on the publishing business, the thing that was allowing me to make a living. So, you know, if that doesn't happen, then I have more time there. But the thing that also is a large consumer of my time, and but something that gives me great joy, is the video making videos for this channel. And I have to stop and think and go, well, how could I not get myself in the situation that I was before? And honestly, how could I make more money doing the thing I used to do? The thing that I will be doing until hopefully until I'm dead uh, would be writing books. And I know that, okay, so when I create these videos, my schedule is usually like, Throughout the week, I'm starting to think of what the what the video is going to be for for, um, for Saturday or Sunday. It's always like my mind is never ever far about what's the next video, what's the next video, and usually by Friday I take off. I stop working at about noon on Friday on anything publishing related or anything clothing related, and then I start uh, working on the videos. If I've come up with an idea, I just kind of execute it. Um, if I haven't come up with an idea, I have to spend some time thinking about what the idea is, and I will spend from. Uh, usually from Friday noonish to Saturday oneish, working on the video, so that's like the twenty-four hour period there. But it's also a lot of mental work beforehand, and then there, you know, every so often there's events and stuff like that. But the truth is that this, you know, as fulfilling as it is, and as happy I as I am to always hear from you guys, uh, the truth is that. If one had to make a list of priorities in one's life, one being me, I would go, well, the thing that gives me my in income is the most important thing, and everything else is is less important. And, and considering the fact that I've already lost 70% of my income because I haven't been focusing on the publishing company like I have, what decisions would I have to make in order to, to do that? Yeah, so here's the thing. I think I'm going to be making, first of all, Okay, so if the if if somehow like if you guys came up with a great suggestion for the clothing company, and I was able to get backing for that. I would continue to make videos because the videos support the clothing company. That would be part of my job, and I can justify it. If if I can't come up with an idea for the clothing company to kind of uh, to rescue it, then that means that I need to focus on my books and publishing, which means that I need to remove distractions from my life, which means that. I'm an, I would start making much fewer videos, if any at all. And that's the reality of it. And, I, and when I started this channel, I always thought, okay, well, I, um, I'm going to make videos for like, uh, until I run out of, not run out of ideas, but I've talked about all the things I thought was important to talk about. And then it would just end. And that was always the plan. I wanted there to be resources on YouTube that people could look at and help them figure out whether or not they're bisexual. And, and I kept on finding new topics to talk about. I kept on finding new topics to suddenly like they were starting to make TV shows with bisexual characters in it. And suddenly they were starting to make movies with bisexual characters in it and all these various things. So I kept on going. But the truth is that um, I, I don't know whether or not I should continue. Not in the, not in, you know, not to the point of that you guys aren't interested in it. Yes, people subscribe to the channel every day. Uh, but more to the point of, 
I think it's starting to become detrimental to my life. And obviously, in a way, obviously, all of my extracurricular activities has. It's, it's destroyed, destroyed my life in a way. Um, so I'm thinking that I will see what happens to the clothing company. You know, maybe I ended early and just call and just, you know, save people the interest. I, I have to stop spending money on it, certainly. But maybe I end it and I start a new campaign focused towards men to see whether that will actually work. Because at some point, I mean, there's a huge number of people who are actually Kickstarter users. The whole deal was I was trying to get the numbers large enough so that they, it would encourage Kickstarter algorithms to actually get the people on the platform to spend the money. And there were people who did that. It was just women who did that. And I would need the men, the 78% of the backers on Kickstarter to actually do something. So maybe I end this campaign and I start another campaign immediately, very quickly. I could flip it over very fast. It's, it'll take me like less than two hours to do it. But maybe I do that and that's the way of recommending. Maybe I just try that just to kind of one last kind of kick try that. What do you think? Should I do that? Um, or maybe I let it go and I just like go, you know what? As great as I've, this has been, as great as I've loved this, I just let go everything and just focus on my books and just and just do that. And then maybe every so often just pop out a video when something special happens. And I don't know. This is this is the state of my life right now. But you can kind of see why I might have been a little bit stressed in the last video. And, and as calm as I am right now, I'm not doing well. I'm going through dark times. But um, but I do get like really small pockets of windows where I can kind of be cheerful. And I'm going through the pockets I decided to make a video. Uh, but this is what's going on. Let me know what you think. Um, just because if nothing else, you know, if this is like my last video or if this is my second to the last video or whatever it is, it'd be great to hear from you and just chat and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's the video. Uh, you know, stay cooler, my bisexual friends. Stay cooler. Bye. If you would like to support this podcast or just pick up some really cool bisexual merchandise, you can check out my bisexual romances on Amazon. I write under the pen name A. Anders. You can check out my bisexual t-shirts on Amazon by searching for the company Bisexual Real Talk. And you can go to Fluid Style Co.'s website at www.fluidstyleco.com. There you'll find plaid flannels for women and plaid dress shirts for men, all in the pride flag colors, specifically the bisexual, queer, asexual, and sexually fluid flag colors. Please support the channel and check it out. Until the next podcast, stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye.